The following is a presentation of Highlands Church, helping de-churched people become more fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ. For more information, visit us at highlandsadventure.org. Good morning. I'm Sean, pastor here. And first, before I get started, I want to also say a word of thanks to all of you who've served in the armed forces and for especially for those who've had loved ones who've given their lives um, so that we can be free and safe here. We thank you and we honor you today for what you've done. And I, then I want to have you, I want to begin by having you find your pulse. Can you do that? Maybe, maybe on your wrist or on your neck, that carotid artery. You can also find it in the middle of your arm right here, too. So has everybody found their pulse? If you haven't found it yet, don't worry. I know it's there. I don't think you'd be upright without it. Okay, now I want you, once you've found it, I want you to keep your fingers there while I talk about your heartbeat. Or as my daughter Annie once said, your heart beep. There's nothing better than having your little girl put her head on your chest and say, Daddy, I can hear your heart beeping. It's awesome. Okay, so leave your fingers there, and I want to talk to you about your heartbeat. You may know this, but the average heart beats about 72 times per minute, and it pumps out about 2.4 ounces worth of blood with each beat. That's 1.3 gallons per minute, about 17, no, 1,900 gallons per day, and almost 700,000 gallons per year. The heart is one of the most astounding parts of God's creation to me. It can beat 100,000 times per day, yet it never fatigues. It's constantly delivering oxygen. It's the engine that delivers oxygen and, carbon, and takes away carbon dioxide from our cells. It gets our immune cells where they need to be. The heart amazes me. It continually pumps blood through 60,000 miles worth of blood vessels in the typical human body. And I found out this week that if you turned on a kitchen faucet all the way, it would take about 45 years for it to equal the output of a human heart throughout a lifetime. Wow, the heart is amazing. Now, checking our pulse helps us to stay in touch with our heartbeat. It helps us to know that it's still there. I promise you, if you haven't found it yet, it is still there. It also helps us to know that 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 heartbeat is sustaining our life. Well, for the next several weeks here, we are going to be starting a new series. And in case you haven't guessed it yet, it's called Finding Your Pulse. And in this series, we're going to talk about a different sort of pulse, our spiritual pulse, the pulse of our church. We're going to be finding our heartbeat because, as we will see, the heartbeat of the church is to go into all the world. The heartbeat of the church is to go and to share God's love with people who desperately need it. And our passage today is a foundational one. It's one that has really given shape to the mission of the church for the last 2,000 years. It's found at the very end of Matthew's gospel, and the last few verses, actually, of the gospel. And within what we're going to read is what's known as the Great Commission— It was Jesus' final instructions to his disciples before he ascended into heaven. 
So I want to invite you to turn to Matthew chapter 28. We'll put it up on the screen as we always do as well. We're going to read starting in verse 16. Matthew 28 verse 16 says this. Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, here we go, the Great Commission, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. God's word for us this morning, his powerful word. Before I get back to that, I want to ask you, have you been to a movie lately? Movies are a staple in American culture, aren't they? Last year in the United States and Canada alone, the movie industry raised $10.8 billion. I read this week that two-thirds of our population goes to at least one movie every year, and last year about half of us went to a movie in 3D. People go to movies for all sorts of reasons. They go maybe just to be entertained, or they go to see their favorite actor or their favorite actress. Some people go to laugh. Some people go to cry. I don't understand those people. Why would you go to cry? (laughs) Some go to be moved in some way. Some go just so they can have that bag of popcorn that's bigger than their head. (laughs) There are so many reasons we go, but maybe the best reason that we go to a movie is because we love a great story. We are suckers for a great story with great characters, which is why we keep going back to the theater over and over again. But when we're really lucky and we go to the movie, then that, sometimes that story will speak to us in a way that only a great story can, and it'll teach us some truth about life, about ourselves. Maybe it'll confirm something that's been going on in our hearts for some time. The movie theater has become perhaps the primary storytelling venue in our culture. And I don't need to tell most of you this, but Highlands Church began in a movie theater. And as I understand it, because I wasn't there, those early years were a lot like going to a movie. You would walk into the theater and that smell of popcorn would still be in there. You'd go and you'd sit down in the theater seating And then you would be moved by the pageantry, by the music of those services. And then most of the time, if not all the time, you would connect with a great story that revealed some truth about your life. You would connect with with a story that, that would confirm something that was going on in your heart. So there was a lot like going to a movie And you that were there in those days, you speak with such fondness about it that it makes the rest of us jealous that we couldn't have been there with you. But I've learned something in speaking with a lot of you about those early years. Highlands grew definitely because it had an outside-the-box approach to Sunday mornings, for sure. But I've also learned that perhaps even a greater reason that Highlands grew 
was because of what it did outside of the walls of that theater, what Highlands did in the community. This church has always been outward focused. It's always been a church that's about reaching the people who aren't here yet. That is our heartbeats, and we need to stay connected to that heartbeat. Even though times have changed, we're in a building, some people have gone, other people have come. Even with all the changes, that is our heartbeat and our pulse. Our mission is to help de-church people become more fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ. We're called to share God's love with the people who aren't here yet. So if you're visiting today, we want you to know that we are here for you. If you haven't been to church in a long time or you've never been to church, we want this to be a place and a community that you can be a part of. We exist because we believe that we have the greatest news in the history of the world. That God looked at our broken world and he, he said, you know what? I'm going in. I am going to do something about the brokenness. So God took on human form in the person of Jesus Christ, and he walked among us. And he demonstrated the power of his kingdom through his teaching, through his acts of compassion and healing and reconciliation. And then he did what we could not do for ourselves. He healed us, and he put us back into a right relationship with God. He did it through his death on the cross so that we might have forgiveness for every wrong that we've ever done. And then Jesus rose from the dead, showing his power, revealing his glory, and giving us the hope of our own resurrection someday. That's the hope that we live in, and it's the hope that gives us a tremendous purpose in our lives. Because after Jesus rose, he went to his disciples in that passage that we read, and he said, go and make disciples. You know, when most of us think of the church, we think of a place we go to. We might think of a building. We might think that it's something that we go and we sit as a spectator in an event once a week, and then we leave, and, and that's it. We did church. But in the passage that we read, we get a very different picture of what the church is. Church isn't something you go to. It's something that we're sent from together. We're sent out into the world. We gather each Sunday to be renewed and to be restored and to be energized for the mission that we have together, each and every one of us. Well, this morning we've been celebrating our high school graduates, and they're going to have their graduation celebration later this week. And in some settings, they don't call that ceremony graduation. They call it commencement. And I like that term a lot better because it says that, the, that you're going into something new. You've gone through this great season of training and learning and growing, and you've come to the end of that, but your journey is not over. There is something commencing. There is something that's beginning. And that's pretty much what was happening in this passage that we read earlier. The disciples, Jesus came to them after he'd risen from the dead and he'd already appeared to them a couple other times. And he came to them and he gave them this great commission. They had just been through this three-year season of preparation, of, of growing and learning, of walking with him. But their journey wasn't over. In fact, it was just beginning. And so he was sending them out, like we do to our graduates, into all the world 
with unlimited possibilities. And Jesus approached them and he gave them a command. This wasn't an optional thing. He said, go and make disciples. And that's an imperative to go and do that. They couldn't ignore it. They couldn't walk away from it. The mission was too important. But as we've seen in recent weeks, Jesus' disciples were not equipped for such an important task, were they? They were weak. (laughs) They had problems. They had failings. They had all sorts of things that, that probably should have disqualified them from such an important mission. But Jesus came to them, and he promised, though, that even though they were weak, even though they still had doubts, even now, that they would not go alone. He said, all authority in heaven and on the earth has been given to me. Therefore, go. Good rule of thumb, when you're reading the Bible, when you come to that word, therefore, it's good to find out what the therefore is there for. You can often gain a lot of insights finding out why there's a therefore. In this case, Jesus is sending his disciples out because all authority has been given to him on heaven, in heaven, and on earth. So in other words, they were not going alone. They were going in the power of God. They were going with this one who had all authority. And Jesus also told his disciples that he would be with them till the end of the age. So they were going in his power and they were going with him. So they knew that their, the success of the mission did not depend on their ingenuity or anything that they had to do. It all depended on Christ's strength in them. And now we're here 2,000 years later on the other side of the world, worshiping the same God. And that is a testimony to the success of that mission that was given to them. It's amazing when you think about it. It started with those 11 guys. But the mission is not over. I like to think of churches more as a missional outpost. Highlands Church is a missional outpost in Northern County where we are called to be here and then to go out and to take God's love into every corner of our community. And we're called to go to even the people that nobody else would go to. We're called to go to the people that others might ignore. I love what the story that Katie shared last week had to say about that. Because here was this Samaritan woman who came to a well. She'd been married five times. She was living with somebody else. Nobody would talk to her in the religious establishment, but Jesus did, and he changed her life. And because he changed her life, she went out and told others about him, and their lives were changed. God calls us to do the same sort of thing, to take that love to people nobody else is going to. Perhaps the best example I have ever seen of this happened in kind of an unexpected way for me. I went on a mission trip with several other pastors and some other leaders about five, six years ago to South Africa. And we went and thought we were putting on a leadership conference for leaders of 11 different churches that were scattered all over Southern Africa, that were all connected. And we thought we were going to tell them all of our wisdom. And we were going to give them so much so that they could lead the church. And so we got there. And then we learned something very quickly. We had very little to give to them because what we needed was to see how they were being the church 
and their communities. They had so much more to teach us. These 11 churches were, were founded by, by one man named Phineas Chauke, who could have been in Nelson Mandela's cabinet. He had that opportunity ahead of him, but he chose instead to plant churches. And this particular church that we went to was in a place called Zenzele, and the pastor there, a man about my age, Thomas Maposa, he left a very uh, promising and, and potentially successful life in Johannesburg to go to this little village where people built homes with whatever scraps that they could find. And he moved in with his family into that community, and they started a church, and they fed people in the community. Each day, people would come for lunch. They, they started a school for children in the community. They had a place where, where people could come and get their hair cut, bringing dignity to their lives. For the people in the community that could not make it physically to the church building, they went out. They sent nurses out to care for people who had tuberculosis and AIDS and a number of other diseases. They went to the people that nobody else would go to, and they transformed that community, and they're still transforming it today. God is calling us to be the same sort of missional outpost. We may not do things the exact same way they do there, but we are called as a church to look out, to be the embodiment of good news for anybody who comes across us. But if we're going to do that, we need to all do it together. It can't be one person or a few staff members or a few leaders. It's something that we're all called as a church to be a part of together. And you might be thinking, that's, that's a lot easier said than done. There are so many barriers to us being able to do that sort of thing and share God's love in that way. You may say, people don't want to hear about God. I don't know if you've noticed, Sean, but people in our society today don't exactly have a great opinion of the institutionalized church. People feel that we're judgmental and negative and hypocritical repressive and anti-science that we're known more for what we're against than what we're for. And that may be true in a lot of cases. But bear this in mind, that when we go out, we go out in the power of Christ, the one who has authority over everything. And when people experience that living Christ in you, it can help to break down some of those stereotypes. And it can help to open them up to God's church in spite of all our imperfections. Another barrier that you might be feeling is, I just don't feel equipped. I am not an evangelist or anything like that. I, I don't have what I, what I need to share with other people. Well, in this series, we're going to present some very simple steps that we all can take in order to share our faith and God's love with other people. Things that you don't have to have all the answers. You don't have to have years of training. Uh, you don't have to have special gifts. They're things that we all can do. You might also say that one of the barriers is, I don't want to look like one of those religious fanatics. And to that, I'm going to tell you, I am not going to tell you that you need to buy a soapbox and a bullhorn and go stand out in front of the fairgrounds this summer while everybody's walking in, telling them and yelling at them that they're all sinners. I'm not sure that that's the most effective way to share God's love with people. We're going to give you some principles that can be played out, lived out in gentleness and love. 
So what I want to do with the remainder of the time this morning is just give you kind of a quick sneak peek of what we're going to talk about in the coming weeks. We're going to use the acronym PULSE to talk about five principles that we all can use to share God's love with other people. Next week, we're going to talk about the P, and that stands for PRAY. If we want to love other people, then the most powerful thing that we can do for them is pray for them. We can pray for individuals. We can pray for our community. We can pray for opportunities for us to share God's love in new and exciting ways. When we pray in the power of Christ, then that power can break through any barrier that stands before us. The U stands for unconditional service. That means serving other people with no strings attached. It means serving other people because we care about them and want what's best for them, not because we want anything from them. It means doing acts of compassion and healing and grace to people who most need it. Across the street, around the corner, and all over our towns. The L stands for listen. James 1.19 in the Bible says that we should be quick to listen and slow to speak. But churchgoers often get that wrong. We, we often get it absolutely flipped We're very quick to start speaking and very slow to listen if we're going to listen at all. What if we began to listen to the people around us, our friends, our enemies? What if we began to ask good questions? What if we learned to listen to what was going on in the conversations of our community at large? How could we communicate God's love through that kind of attentiveness? The S is one we've been talking about a lot lately. S stands for story. One of the things that holds so many of us back from wanting to share God's love is we we don't feel equipped or trained to, to answer all the questions, but we all have a story. And if we would take the time to really prayerfully consider how God has played a role in our stories, we might find that we have something to share with another person that can help to introduce them to God in, a, in an exciting way. I invite you to check out the website if, if using that medium will help you to kind of get your mind around your story. Finally, the E stands for engage. And this is where we invite other people to engage in the life of faith. We invite them to participate, whether it's to, to come and, and be with us on a Sunday morning or go with you when you're serving somewhere, or come to a small group or one of our events this summer that we have posted on our website. We try to provide many different opportunities, many avenues for people to connect with a life of faith so that they can belong before they believe. And an invitation from you can do just that. So that's what we're going to be talking about in the coming weeks. I'm excited, and I really hope that you come each week as we talk about these very important things. In closing today, I want you to to find your pulse again. Go ahead. Some of you didn't do it the first time. I want you to leave your fingers there. The thing about a heartbeat is this. It goes on and on constantly, but we can totally ignore that it's there. 
we can go about our life without even giving it a second thought. And the same thing can be true of the heartbeat of the church. We can live our lives completely ignorant of what our heartbeat is, that call to go. We can show up every Sunday and pretend that that heartbeat is not there. But I hope that you won't do that. Because there are people in our community that are dying because they don't have the love of God. There are people in our community that you can share God's love with. And you can be a part of changing their lives. If we will find our pulse together, then we all could introduce people to the one who can change everything. Please bow and pray with me. Lord, we thank you for giving us such a, a clear heartbeat, such a clear mission. It can be easy as a church grows and changes for us to kind of become totally inward focused. Now, there's nothing wrong with us growing together, growing in relationships, growing in our knowledge and love for you. Those are all things you want us to do. But you also want those things to empower us for the ministry that you've called us to. So, Lord, help us at Highlands to continue to listen to that heartbeat and to continue to reach people that nobody else is reaching. In Jesus' name, amen. This has been a presentation of Highlands Church, helping de-churched people become more fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ. For more information, visit us at highlandsadventure.org.